welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at season three, episode 10, It's Hard to Say Goodbye If You Won't Leave, in which Frasier and Kate must confront their incompatibilities before her departure. So Kay, in this episode, Frasier had Mexican for lunch. Tell me your thoughts on Mexican food. <laughs> and we know your culinary tastes and uh, habits aren't, um, aren't particularly continental, shall we say. Uh, intercontinental. I don't, I don't think I've ever had Mexican food. Mm. I don't like spicy food and this could be a problem. Sorry, I nearly spat my tea out there. You've never had a good chili con carne or a burrito or an enchilada or I don't know what two of those are. Okay, but you've had chili. You must have had I've chili. I've had chili, yeah, and I didn't like it. You didn't like chili. It was it was too hot. Oh man, it's like chili's my favourite meal on earth and probably the only thing I can cook. Decently. I mean I, I find against the sausage roll too spicy. So you are a rare breed. <laughs> is, is there any is there any kind of foreign nations dish dishes that you enjoy beyond England? I like um, I like pizza. Italy. Okay. Well, um, that spag ball, is that too spicy for you? I don't like spaghetti. I, I like spaghetti, like the cheap processed shit that's in a can. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> One no. that's like sugar. Oh, no. <laughs> I like that, um, but I don't like actual spaghetti. I, I wouldn't set fire to spaghetti trying to make it. I need to contact, like, save the right. children or something and get them to kind of send you parcels of, you know, edible food. Because <laughs> no, you're just bad... living off cans like a prepper. I have bad <laughs> memories of spaghetti. Like, when, when so do Sha- I, actually. When Shannon and I first started dating... Mm. Um, she came round and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll cook for you. I'm, you know, I'm a modern man. I I'm cracking open a can. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I like spaghetti. I was like, I like spaghetti. I can do this. And then I realised she didn't mean it in. She meant an a- actual spaghetti. Oh, man. She's um, still with you to this day. What a so miracle. I, but I reacted. I was, I was like, yeah, yeah I, that, that's what I meant too. I'm sure it's not Of course, yeah. <laughs> Went out, got some spaghetti. And it was like the long strips of spaghetti. Like, you know, the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I chucked them in a pan, put some water in, thought, yep, I'm, I'm bossing this, doing really well. Mm. Um, but they were very long. And they they sort were of hung, long. They hung over the side of the pan. That do, they do tend to do that. You have to kind <laughs> of tease them in. But I didn't know that. So okay. I just left them hanging over the side of the pan. Oh. But we had a gas stove. And the gas, it was on the hob, and oh, it's, no. it literally set fire to this. Like a little of... fuse into your, yeah. into your and, pasta and dish. Were actual flames. Oh, my God. I am sorry I asked this week. I really am. <laughs> yeah, I almost burnt the house down trying to make spaghetti. Well, listeners, <laughs> whatever your thoughts on Mexican food, on Italian, please regale us with something slightly more, uh, with a better ending than Keys had. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mexican care. I'd probably say... Now Italian's probably the best, but I think Mexican's pretty high up there. I mean, me. I like like burgers and stuff. I could survive in America, I think. If they took all like the the lettuce and all that and the onions off it and just like mm. plain. I like, <laughs> like the, I love Americans calling it a hamburger as well, rather than what we call it a beef burger. Mm. Hamburger just sounds tastier. Um German sausage. That's okay. Yeah, bratwurst. Yeah. Nice. Don't mind a bit of that. I mean, have you ever had curry verse? I mean, we had this when we were in Germany. It's basically a bratwurst <laughs> covered in curry sauce almost, but not a curry sauce that we would we know. It's much smoother and darker. Um, it, it seems like you've just ruined a perfectly good meal. 
No, then they put <laughs> curry powder on the top of it. Then you have chips with your ketchup on. We it's like their equivalent of like you know a hot dog vendor in in New York, and we just had so many of them when we were in Germany. The, the closest... I've definitely mentioned this on the podcast. I'm just repeating myself. The, now. the closest I've come to liking curry is I, I, when I was a kid. I sometimes, not very often, like literally once, had curry sauce on my chips down the villa. Oh, you've got to have curry sauce down the villa. That's all right. I don't and mind a faulty that. pie. Oh my but days! I was always more of a burger guy than I was like a pie guy at the mm. villa. That's I fair. Do. I do love it in a burger. There's one guy who's been selling them for about two, three, and um, yeah, two, three decades in one of the big vans on the way. Yeah. Massive guy. You probably know who I mean. I um, think I do. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um, but the burgers he flips, unlike <laughs> anything out there. Um, right, Kate. Burgers like he flips people. Just <laughs> oh, he does. He he could put me on the grill. Um, <laughs> so shall we jump over to trivia corner or took ourselves in? I should say. Let's go for it. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Right, we should. I should say to listeners, we had a big issue um, just before going on air because Key always puts his questions slightly ahead of time so I can check if there's been any duplicates because we've had a lot of issues in the past. And Key, two of Key's three questions had been picked by, by our trivia masters. So this just shows how close together our brains are now. We're just completely working simpatico. Um, so you managed to get two others, haven't you, Key? I've thrown two together. We'll You're see how scared it goes. Up two. <laughs> um, so let's begin with Ham Winston for you. Okay. Question numero uno. What does Martin fantasize about? Okay, so about um, sexual fantasies. Well, uh, that, that's, where I, that's where I want you to go here. So a skimpy cheerleader outfit, I think. Yes. And the next one, was it like he, he, after a cold day coming, she's by the fire, and then he gets cut off before he goes into detail, I think. Yeah, that one's not even on here, but I was oh. remembering that as well. So, yes, yeah, spot on. Um, Yeah, specifically Hester in a skimpy little cheerleading outfit, shaking her pom-poms. Um, I don't even remember him saying that. I, I don't cool. remember the pom-poms. I just remember the skimpy cheerleader outfit. Yeah, unless, <laughs> unless Cam Winston's had a lot of fun making this question <laughs> and has slowly fantasized himself. Um. Question two, Niall says he bleeds like the Russian royal family. What is this referencing or referring to specifically? I just assumed it was like the the deposition as they all got like killed. Is that not? I thought it was like, oh, they all got murdered. And that's exactly where my mind went. But Hamish has done some R&D for this question. And he found out the Russian royals were all haemophiliacs, apparently. Um. Obviously, which means when you start bleeding, you don't stop. Um, that must have made the death particularly grisly. Um, what came floating down the river? Oh, um, Fraser and Niles in wicker baskets. In little wicker baskets. Wow, yes. but we just went to a church picnic. <laughs> um, spot on, Keith. Three out of three for her, for Cam Winston here. Question from Hot I, don't, I did not get the Russian one. I did not get the hemophiliacs one. Oh, no, you didn't, did you? <laughs> Two out of three. This is why everyone thinks I've got such a good record. As well as been retconning it all. No, no, you have a good record. You have a good record. Okay, Hot House Orchids question. What was Kate's apartment number? A little visual one for you here. I don't remember. I just remember Tony. Mm. Um, Tony's, in my notes, I've just got it written down. Tony's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're nothing, Tony. You've um, never been nothing. I, I've got no idea. Uh, how many, can I get a clue of how many numbers? And I'll just guess the sequence. Um, it's it's three le- it's three three numbers. Um, five hundred seventy-two. 
I'm trying to work out if it was half that. It's not <laughs> um, 306, 306. But I mean, you, you took a, you plumped for it. It's not terrible, Kill. You could have been much further out than that. If, if that was bang on, like I'll be playing the lottery tonight. I'll be putting <laughs> the national on the lottery. I'll be doing the lot of it. Finally, trivia for Niall Crane on the departures board behind Kate and Fraser at the airport. What other flights do you see apart from Chicago? Bonus points if you can tell me their departure time. I saw Chicago. And Chicago, Chicago, it was flight Because obviously she, she's going there, so that's not in this answer, I'm afraid. Oh, because it's flight 487, and okay. it leaves there, at 8.30, I think. Um, there are three other destinations. I only got I only got one other. Uh, I got the San Diego. Yes. Yep. And that's like, the, I think it's like the 2024, something like that. Um, but got, and I've got an 11 here. Oh, no. In, oh, yeah. The flight number is 2024. Oh, okay. It, my it bad. Departs my bad. 11. Um, and I do not know the other two. I didn't see the other two. Let's see if I can get you there. The the West Coast, New York. Manhattan? The West Coast. <laughs> I don't know the geography. Los Angeles. You, if, if you told me what's on the west of England, I wouldn't know the answer. Los, Los Angeles. <laughs> and finally, where Martin Luther King was assassinated. Man. The, Tennessee? The, Memphis is in Tennessee. So If, you, if you'd have said... I think. Um, like Elvis, I'd have gone with Memphis because I, I associate Elvis with Memphis. I was going to say Elvis actually, and then I started. I was like, "Hang on, where is Graceland? Is that Memphis?" And it is. <laughs> it is. Um, it, okay. Memphis in Tennessee. Otherwise, I'm, I'm it really, is. Oh, thank it God, is. it is. <laughs> um, so a tough one there, but you did you did pretty decent there. Um, you know, you got two out of five. You've come out of there. You come out of there smelling of roses. <laughs> That's not a passing grade, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay. I've just actually run, got to run and get a tissue for my nose, um, yeah. and then you can do your cues. I'll be right Thank back. So, do you guys ever get like when you find a song you haven't listened to in ten years and it all comes flooding back to you? Oh. Look, was it all back? Hey, well, <laughs> what were you doing while I was gone? <laughs> I was just having a chat with the listeners. Nothing well, yeah. <laughs> okay, time for your cues. Lay them okay. on Question number one. Hang on, let me just mute while I blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, Will takes a technical time out. Um, I'm so back. <laughs> question number one. What questions do you ask on a first date? Uh, is this Daphne? Yeah, she gives um, three. What's your favourite colour? Yeah. Um, if you could come back as an animal, what would you be? Yeah. And oh god, where did they grow up? Or where did they go to school? No, no, damn. I think uh, you have to give me the third. I think. I think it's what's your favourite food? Oh bugger, man! After all of that Mexican discussion, I didn't even get <laughs> that ridiculous. <laughs> what am I doing okay. out here? Question number two. Play it on, man. What does Fraser cover in the first hour of his show? Everything from agoraphobia to xenophobia. <laughs> oh, I thought it was anorexia to xenophobia. Yes, it is. Yes, it is to <laughs> anorexia. Damn it. I knew it was A to A to X. Um, yeah. I, I, are you going to give me that? Because I did know I'll, that. I'll, I'll give it to you. Give I'll me give half a point because I did know that. I did know <laughs> I that. I said the wrong thing, but I did know it, miss. That's right. Okay. <laughs> The answer was 742, and I put six, but I knew it. I swear <laughs> I knew it. Okay. Okay. Final Thank question. You, what is Fraser's favorite color? Oh, it's the color of the BMW, isn't it? Yes, um, it's the color that all the good BMWs come in. It's Arctic. I want to say yeah. Arctic Fox, but I don't think it's Arctic Fox. Maybe just Arctic Silver. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love to see that. 
love to see that. Not too bad. Is that, what was that? One out of three? Two out of three? I'll give you two out of three. Two, one and a half out of three. So I have one and a half oh. out of three. I don't know. I don't know because you got the last two right. Oh, okay. And the questions you got two thirds right. So two point six recurring out of three. God, I'm sneezing now. It's going on. There's a cat in the room. Clearly. Oh. Honestly, I've lost Fraser in this bloody episode. Okay. Um. Thank you for those key. Let's move over to Mischief Knight to see things to a close. He's also got some from Run for Your Life and Sydney Ass Basket. Question numero uno. What were the two? Oh, bugger, 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 bugger. <laughs> we, we vetted these. I'm Corey, man. I'm so sorry. We vetted these questions and I've still cocked it up. Um, anorexia and xenophobia, you know that already. Question two, not including the final, the final written. Oh, I think that should, sorry, I think I should say note. Not including the final written note specifically to Niles. What were all the grammatical issues with Maris's letter or Marin's letter? No, Martin. Martin's sorry, sorry I, I'm reading this verbatim from, from Reddit. So um, <laughs> I apologize there, Corey. Um, um, a few <clears throat> letters. Oh, no, he's done that on purpose, hasn't he? The grammatical okay. issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, this guy. It, he's it's too good too, for us. Too early in the morning for me to be Honestly, honest. he's too good for us. Okay, um, there you go. So okay. what, were the, what were the issues with the grammar? One, that's improper use of a hyphen. Yeah, Two, yeah. The comma is wrong. Missing comma, oh yeah. Um, three. If you want a clue, one of these is also a critique. One of the other brothers gives the other in author, author. One is a run-on sentence. That's what I was referring to. And you never end a sentence with a proposition. Uh, is a proposition? And yeah, off. a pre- preposition. A preposition. Close a pre- enough. Uh, and uh, off is a preposition. I've got. I don't want to say yeah, but I want us to talk about that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that is spot on, Key. Um, because that's a lot of things to get. So I mean, that's worth more than one point in my book. Um, question three: Why was Fraser's friend in the hospital, and why was he able to leave so quickly? He was having a heart transplant. And it was because he was with a HMO, I think. Yes, which is, I, I remember this, but I don't actually know what it means. And Corey's explained. I do don't you know, know what. what I, I know it's, is it, it's something to do with money, I think, because I've, I've seen people make jokes on comedies like, oh, this is a HMO or something like that. So I think mm. it's money related. I've seen that before. So he put, in case they don't have those in the UK, it stands for Health Maintenance Organization, where you trade lower overall costs for, for the medical group, telling you which doctors you should see, when and uh, when to see them, and having somewhat restrictive choices and medically necessary treatment. My guess is that the writers are just making a joke that the HMO covered the transplant, but not any extended recovery time. So it's probably just a pop at the... American. So, so basically, a HMO does the bare minimum. Basically, I, sounds like that. So yeah. we'll keep you alive. If you leave, you might die. But yeah, you, you might die. But uh, <laughs> we'll give you a glass of water. Um, so, final two questions, Ski. Run for your life now. What word doesn't Kate consider to be a verb she would regularly use? I'm not someone for whom antique <laughs> antiquing is a verb. <laughs> Spot. I, I use that in regular everyday conversation. That's honestly, a really good. I, need, I shoehorn the word antique into a into a conversation just so I can throw it in. I've always wanted to go antiquing. We should go antiquing. I I'd really like to go antiquing. Like, when when I was a kid, they used to just be like a little like flea market. Um, they used to do it at the town hall in Kozel. Oh, I love um, flea markets. And it was I always really like going. I mean, I can't exactly call them antiques, but. 
it was all right. Yeah. yeah, whenever I'm like, whenever we go down south and stuff, obviously, you know, the towns we visit, they tend to have an older you know, demographic. There's a lot of these kinds of car boots and things like that. And I love mooching around them, um, you know, for sure. And secondhand bookshops and char- charity shops. I've missed going in them so much. Like, I love mooching around them. Um, but yeah, spot on key. Final question, trivia corner this week. Sydney Ass Basket to take us home. What film does the final scene of the episode reference? I am guessing. I'm assuming it's Casablanca because Casablanca is referenced throughout the episode. It is. And there's some really, really good references here. There's three things that Sydney Aspasket has picked up on here um, that are kind of throwbacks or illusions to Casablanca with things that go on here. I've not seen Casablanca. I am meant to watch it tonight because it is no the way. 19, it's 1942 on my film run list. Oh my days! I watched Citizen Kane the other night. It was dreadful, honestly. Yeah, you, I, I don't care if I get you pelters to, for this. You, you're going to get pelters for that. Citizen Kane is the most overrated film in human history. Wind okay? your neck in, Kane. It's dreadful, and it was a waste of two hours of my oh life. Oh, my word. Oh, listeners, Kane is unhinged. He does not speak for me. He does not speak for me. Okay, come on. Some references to Casablanca that you've not seen, so you couldn't possibly get, but let's go. Oh, no, he's like... is it, I, I, When, when Fra- Frazier's little speech is a carbon copy ripoff of Fra- Casablanca... Right. What the uh, the beginning of a beautiful friendship thing is that from Casablanca? Yeah, and he says, uh, "Well, Louis, looks like this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship." Um, yes, is Louis is Louis the cat in Casablanca? Is it someone called Louis? The name of the French policeman in Casablanca is Louis. Oh well, um, I know who he is when he comes on screen now. So those two things, and then finally, and, and his speech to Kate—that's like you'll regret it. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's from Casablanca. I'm sure could be. Um, it's what I've got here is that simply only one person can get on the plane. Um, uh, I don't, spoiler alert! I don't know. What... You know the ending. <laughs> they're by the plane. They're talking on the plane. Come on, man! Uh, after what you just said about Citizen Kane, you had it coming, mate. <laughs> That's karma. Um, but excellent questions there. Thank you all so much for sending those in. Please keep them coming as always every week. Shall we jump into the review key? Let's do it, yeah. Animation Watch, can you tell us what it was, please? Was it rain? Yes, it, was rain. it bloody was. And God, wasn't it lovely? Wasn't and Will it was lovely? like, this is the best bit of this episode. Honest, it, it, <laughs> it was a highlight. Um, certainly one of the peaks. Um, but yeah, love this. Love the rain cloud. We we open in KSCL. Obviously, Frasier has been covering everything from anorexia to xenophobia. Clearly not a themed session that he was meant to be doing earlier in the se- season because that is pretty broad of a spectrum <laughs> to be covering <laughs> flying through it and then how for the first hour he's flying yeah through he's, it, he's had it? food disorders and people who are basically racist or <laughs> misanthropes um he says he has a built-in mental stopwatch how would you assess your own kind of judgment of time internally how, how are you yeah, with I- this I generally feel I'm quite good at it, actually. Oh, I feel like you would, actually. It, it's something... However, I feel like it's also something I'd say and then actually turn out to be a bit shit. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm quite good at just sort of looking around and going, you know, I'd say it's about ten past two. And it yeah, turns out I to be like quarter, that game. Past, quarter past two. And I'm like, yes, I, I could survive in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like the worst kind of superhero like ever. Like, mm, <laughs> I, can, I can predict the time within five minutes of error. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same. Um, I mean, I have to use a stopwatch to, to record these these episodes, so I know 
what time we're running on here. So I wouldn't be able to do these um, by, me- by memory. But weirdly, we, we basically do every episode of the same length now. So I think yeah. we have developed an internal time between us, um, which is interesting, I think, as well. Um, Kate comes in at this point and Fraser just starts zoning out now, imagining his his tryst uh, his, that he had with her. Seems a little bit odd to me. I don't know if it's just the fact that we don't really get daydream segments in the show. Um, and as we've said a billion times, we're not that invested in their mutual attraction here. Um, so uh, this just seems a bit strange for me. It's a bit weird for me, especially as well. You think of Frasier as being someone who's generally quite in control. Hmm. Um Obviously, the the sequence with Bad Boy and Dirty Girl was a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah, and yet he's still just sitting there fantasizing. And I mean, I think we have to assume it hasn't happened since. I um, think I think that's the implication. Um, yeah, but fantasy is quite heavy in this episode because not only Frasier, um, Kate also fantasizes, and while we don't see Martin's fantasy, we do. You know, he starts to describe and it. Ross has one, and Ross. Um, yeah, so it's yeah. it's quite it's a fantasy heavy episode. At least life. they stick with the theme then, because although it might not seem quite you know in its place here, the fact they return to it across the episode, you know, it's a it's a light motif to, to keep using, I guess. Um, and the fact that he is a psychiatrist, it, it makes sense in the context of the show. Um, I mean, he says he had oh, that's it when when Ross is like, uh, "Are you blushing? I had Mexican for lunch." <laughs> um, it's like, what does he say? It's not like he says it's not X. It's an enchilada or something. Or he's, he um, he is it, it's not lost. Is it a chimichana? A chimichanga? Chimichanga, chimichanga. I don't know what that is. Um, I know they're pretty popular in America. In fact, let me Google it. A chimichanga. I always just thought it was a word that was meant to sound dirty, but isn't. And we were just, <laughs> everyone was saying it because it was funny. Oh, chimichanga. Oh, they look really good. You fill a tortilla with meat, beans, and cheese, and you roll it up and fry or bake it, I think. Um, I, I have a few questions. Very close to a burrito, an enchilada, all of these things slowly one, melt into one for me. A tortilla. Is that bread? It's the like the flat, the very flat, thin bread. Okay, flat, thin bread. Very meat. thin. What kind of meat? Uh, normally like ground beef, so like okay. what we would call mince. Um, oh, but in America, I'm not a big fan of mince. You're not? Well, not unless it's like made into a burger. But spag ball and chili, you need the mince. <laughs> this is a problem then, isn't Kids it? Kids need <laughs> mince. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, God, that is low-hanging fruit there. Um <laughs> That's what a chimichanger is. Um, that's one of my favourite lines in the show to just riff on the Ross's kids need milk. <laughs> Such a good line. Okay, Ross finds out who Dirty Girl was now with a guess. About um, how has she not worked it out already? What? Honestly, we talked about this in the app of, of you know of Dirty Girl and it's just like you know how are people not got this? Um, she has her own bizarre flashback with Fraser scurrying across the booth with his pants around his ankles and just falling yeah. over yeah just That's... just what is what it is not much to say about that I, <laughs> yeah. I think yeah it's fair to assume that she probably does consider that the height of Fraser's sexual prowess yeah. is you know try and walk with your trousers around your ankles fail miserably falling like falling over um presumably hurting himself as well um Niles and Daphne in the kitchen grating carrot uh yeah. soon Niles will have done quite enough grating for today um what you gonna I think this is a really weird little sequence. I agree. Tell um, me why you think it's weird. 
Well, one, Niles is very irritating with all the questions. Very irritating. Um, Daphne's clearly getting annoyed. The whole bit about Daphne dropping the chicken, sticking uh, the little toothpick in it, and then, oh, that's yours, to Niles. It, that seems a bit weird to me as well, given that she's always so nice to Niles. Mm. Niles is probably the only one she doesn't really tend to snap at or... Or Very true, yeah. Far less so than the others. So it seems quite weird to me that she's sort of having that little dig at him by making sure he eats the dirty chicken. Mm. Um, and also the, the bit where he's like, oh, you know, the, the, it's like you're deliberately expecting him to cut his finger and then he doesn't. And it, I just don't really get it. it yeah, and I, to me. the thing for me is that Niles is supposedly like a gourmand and is actually a very good cook. Um, like in there was an episode on TV earlier, um, from season 10, I think. I think it was Kissing Cousins. Um, and basically Frazier and Martin are trying to get Niles throwing a bet to convince him to stay and cook them dinner because they're too lazy to do it themselves. And it's Seabass, and he can cook it and he like ends up staying and cooking it. So we know he can cook. And he's been around fine food all his life. Um, him and Frazier cooked all the time as kids. It and makes he, no sense here. He doesn't know what a grater is here. He's like, he oh, has yeah. lots of teeth. <laughs> lots of teeth. And like When he's like, oh, you put the toothpick in that one. Is that to see if it's done? It's raw. I mean, it hasn't gone in the oven yet. Yeah. Um, we get that maybe he's meant to be a bit of an oaf here, but some of the things, he's just like too stupid here. The, the scene is deliberately, I think, trying to get on the fact that he's bored. He's a bit lost without Maris. He's asking people a lot of questions. He's interfering, similarly the way he, he interferes with Martin's letter. Yeah. Um, it just, it doesn't really fit his character. I just find it a really weird bit. Like, yes, you can get him asking questions and making a bit of a nuisance of himself, but why make him out to appear like he knows absolutely nothing? Like he's Homer bit. Simpson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a bit of a weird one. And I, it, it's not funny. I don't. It doesn't progress anything really. I just. I find it a bit strange. It's an odd one um, because I don't like to be made to be annoyed by Niles, but we are here. Like he is. Yeah. He is grating, as Daphne says. Um, I like Martin's. No, I'm writing my memoirs, and the way he kind of looks up when he says that, just a really, really great line. Um, and yeah, my bullet point here: Niles is in a particularly annoying mood. What do you think Martin wrote down on the piece of paper? I've narrowed it down really to, to fuck off and piss off. That's Which mine. I, I thought it was one of those two, and I thought it'd be fuck because I don't think Americans tend to say piss off as much as we no, do. No, it, it's. I think. I think in some places it's more common, but it's it f off would certainly be more. Yeah, more common. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's just a really good joke um, because it just you know it almost says the word without you know you hear yeah. it almost without it being said, um, and I just think that's handled really well personally. Um, yeah, I really enjoy that. Um, now we we learn of Martin's fantasies and stuff, and Nars and Fraser just clearly getting very uncomfortable as as all children would. It's like, oh, do you, what do you think we went to a church picnic and you came flowing down the river in little wicker baskets? Um, am I thinking it's Moses comes in a yeah. basket? Yeah, yeah. Moses' mother placed him in a wicker basket so that he wouldn't get killed, and then he sort of floated down and was found by the palace, and they adopted him basically. Damn, and his mother was killed. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think. Oh, uh, that's got to happy ending. Uh, they were, I think, they were killing newborn babies in order. Oh man, probably... is this is when Herod was going nuts. No, that's that's the New Testament. Oh, that's the New Testament. <laughs> Why um, were they killing babies in Moses' time? I, I think, um, I think it was just like population control. Um, Jesus. But they were killing newborn babies, and I'm sure, I, I think that was the reason. Uh, and they put him in a little wicker basket and floated him down the river so that he would escape. Um, he ended up floating down to. The queen and the queen adopted him, and he, mm. he grew up in the royal palace. 
and then didn't realize he was a slave until he he found out that you know his true heritage and freed them damn the old testament slaps doesn't it it's got some good stuff in it um i mean <laughs> what that's, i was going to say that, that honestly that like, do you know how you get like those little quotes on the, the front cover of a book like stephen <laughs> king this is a brilliant thriller and then you, this slaps, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, the Torah slaps. Uh, um, I mean, God. is the Torah, the Hebrew Bible, the same thing? Um, the, well, uh, yeah. The Hebrew the Tor- Bible Torah is the is... Old Testament. So is that yeah, the same yeah, as the, the Torah? The Torah, uh, the Old Testament, yes, that's a Jewish, the okay. Jewish version, so to speak. Whereas the, the Bible is Old and New Testament, but the New Testament's not in the Torah. So historically speaking, that kind of population control, did they really do that? Like you know in roman times well it's not roman times it's before roman egyptian times. yeah egyptian did they really um, do that like kill babies and stuff i, I can google it i, I think i think so. i mean care what you're googling there it could I, be quite obsessing I, but um i always find it really interesting actually because um obviously in um genesis which is really sort of the moses story mm. um it's really interesting how many things like there's a burning bush. God appears to him in a burning bush and speaks to him. Yeah. And then you have um, the the various miracles that Moses performs, including like parting the Red Sea. Oh shit! And, yeah. And what's really interesting is that they found that in Egypt there is a bush that spontaneously combusts, um, and there's evidence that the Red Sea has dried up previously, which is just I think really cool. Just, just nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I should caveat this with, like, you know, obviously, listeners. We might have listeners from all over the religious spectrum and stuff. I, I, you know, I don't practice any religion. I don't particularly have any strong feelings one way or the other. But I love the Bible as a historical text. I think it's interesting as how some of the stuff in there, like Job and stuff, it's absolutely nuts. Like, basically, God just saying, "Let's f up this dude's life," you know. So pretty, pretty crazy shit. But what are you looking at over there? Okay. Uh, I'm just typing on Google Egyptians killing newborn children. Okay, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> let's... Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> according to Quora.com, which I'm pretty sure is a is, oh yeah, yeah, very reputable. Oh, yeah. Um, the Egyptians ordered the maidwives uh, to kill the Israelite male babies on sight. Um, they even ordered their parents to throw their own baby in the river, um, and he feared that the Israelites would become too powerful and overthrow the pharaoh so yeah essentially population control my god um i'm gonna delete my search history now yeah so listeners sorry for this tangent about killing (laughs) newborns and a lot of old testament discussion but uh yeah if you have a favorite passage (laughs) share it with us i won't know where it's from or what it's referencing but by all means share it with us you have Um, a favorite passage well I'm not, you know, I'm not Trump. Oh, I love all the, I love all the Bible. I really, it's really personal to me. I couldn't say, I couldn't say. Um, um, I've put here Fraser puzzling over his fantasy. Um, I, and I put a question mark. I don't really know what I was getting at with this bullet point here. Um, I think this is just when he's talking about, like, you know, how he has feelings for this woman and Daphne wants to get involved and, um, you know, Martin's like, oh, dirty girl. <laughs> oh, dirty girl. She seemed nice. Yeah, yeah. She seemed nice. It's like, oh, I'm getting the whiff of chicken here. Oh, that's not very nice, Dad. Whatever he says. Oh, just want to smell dinner. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I just, a lot of these interactions in this episode, I completely forgot happened just because this episode is not one I've seen like more than a few times. 
Yeah, I mean, I, like, I really like the little bit from Niles in this scene where he turned around and going, um, added to which, if she did reject him, then he couldn't rationalise it by saying she doesn't know what she's missing. On the contrary, she would know exactly what she's missing. She just didn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, mate. Thanks, so mate. efficiently, like, cutting. Uh, really quite upsetting. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's a, there's a good ensemble moment in the apartment here because they all kind of get involved in Fraser's dilemma and that's nice to see. Um, we have a new location now. Do you want to tell us what it is? Can you remember? Uh, isn't it just like waiting for the lift in KACL elevator? I'm fairly yeah. certain we've never seen this before. Um, could could be wrong there, but I, I don't recall many times ever seeing it. I'm trying to think in like Tales from the Crypt when they go down to the basement. Did they take the elevator then? Um, elevators seem to be a very recurring thing with Frasier and Kate. Um, again, seems a bit Freudian in its own way. I wonder if <laughs> yeah. there's lots something going on there um but yeah i just think her resignation which obviously is revealed at this point just seems really abrupt is and it comes out of nowhere is it a resignation or is it um, oh it's more like i, I leave i'm leave for a better job um yeah oh, well i suppose it is a resignation i don't know it? i don't like, know is, is, is it still kcl though is it a i, I thought at first it was i thought maybe it's um it was a relocation to a different office but i don't know it, she says that i'm taking over a station there yeah, so i think Fraser we have to assume it's a different station yeah he makes reference earlier to like she's turning some country music thing into something um so i don't quite know but yeah I, it still seems abrupt to me i don't know if it does to you um also just, I, I really sorry you're gonna say it just it feels like overnight they went oh actually this isn't working well we'll cut it and just write her out very quickly and it does feel that way um and we'll get to it when we get to it but i, I kate's character is weird in this episode like it's a complete like 180 from what she was in every other episode it's she 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 loses the kind of dominant intimidating businesswoman girl boss energy yeah. which and then she becomes kiddenish <laughs> yeah um, she's she's like it's a bit like lilith going i could be playful i decided like, to be playful tonight <laughs> i decided to be playful <laughs> um it's it, yeah it's a really weird one from kate she's gone from this person who is just as smart as frasier just as eloquent everything and whereas now it, it's like she's quite lowbrow and then he's uh, in a way too intelligent for her, too cultured for her in this mm. last, this episode. It's a bit, it's a really weird one and it doesn't fit her character at all. No, I completely agree. Um, I'm sure we'll have a few more quotes as well later to talk about in, in that respect. I mean, this is re- unrelated, but she says she's catching the red eye that night. I yeah. love that terminology, the red eye. Like, obviously, this is just common in America. Everyone knows what it is. But I mean, when I first heard this in film, I was like, what on earth is that? And then when I she, still don't know what the red eye is. It just basically means like a, a late night overnight flight because the idea is your eyes are red because you're that tired. Um, oh. But it, it's it's so literal that it's weird. Um but, oh, I'm catching the red eye. Just sounds like, yeah, that's like, man. That's like getting the night bus in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if I'm going to write an American story or something, I'm going to chuck in a reference to a red eye because it's just got that currency. You know, you immediately know where you are. Um, we would just call it, oh, I'm catching a flight. You know, people don't ask when the times of the flights are in this country and they're randomly placed. So, I don't know. A weird one that that's kind of bought the necessity that that was born out of um to, to use when you know we just call it a flight um i'll put here that weirdly i do feel a little bit for fraser in this episode i don't know if it's the bit when he gets back on the elevator now after he's heard this news i know we've not bought into them as a relationship but i do feel a little bit of his sadness here I, do, do you not get over yourself mate it's his own fault like this is entirely his own fault like listen right when she was working there they could not be together because it, it just there's an office romance it's not going to work she's leaving if they really wanted to they could make this work 
and like he just it's weird like they honestly it's the most half-assed romantic plot line you will ever see it's just i find it a really weird one like there is the opportunity to make it work and they decide within one scene they go from basically wanting to know everything about each other to deciding that actually no let's get you out of here pronto because i can't stand to be with you anymore like Mm. it's i just I, I don't I don't feel anything for the guy. Like he can do better. He should have stayed with the accountant. That's what he should have done. Like, <laughs> they watch Casablanca together. He should have stayed with Donna. Donna. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I've got a little bit more sympathy than you. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think he's you know, when 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 our boy Frey is upset, you know, we've got to feel for him in some way, though it's often his own his own doing. Um but yeah, maybe I'm just a more naive. And romantic at heart than you are. Okay, well, I don't know. what I want to know: what's Donna's favorite food? What's Donna's favorite color? If Donna came back as an animal, what animal would she be? These are I'd, the questions this show doesn't answer. I bet she wouldn't be kittenish. I bet Donna would be like a she wolf. Um, <laughs> she she'd hold her own. Um, <laughs> uh, Daphne and first dates here back in the apartment. Um, she's kind of referencing you know, all these things you do on a first date. It's quite nice. I thought, how do you find first dates, Kay, when you've you know been on them in your time? I've not really been on one. Um, I'm sure you must have. Like, if you trace back, you not, technically must have had a first date with Shan. Uh, we we went round to her house and watched Rocky. Well, <laughs> t- talk us through that. I mean, <laughs> I liked Rocky and wanted to watch Rocky, and she was like, "Trying to come around." I was like, oh, "I was going to watch Rocky this afternoon, so we can watch Rocky here." <laughs> I was like, okay, "Okay, then yeah, you got you got Rocky." Oh, wow, um, that's um, love. That is that's love. Uh, yeah, I think she bought Rocky from CEX. Oh my <laughs> for like god! Well, the good news is, it, yeah, it would literally have been fifty p to a pound. So you didn't break <laughs> the bank to sate your bizarre needs. <laughs> um, before that, my first date, I was twelve or thirteen, and I went to the Bell in Kozel with a oh girl called god. girl called Hannah uh, and her parents. Holy hell! Yeah, thirteen back, years old. I think I was bell. probably younger than that. We were in primary school. Oh my god! So For those longer. listening, the Bell is a pub. Well, it's not so bad these days. Fell, I think it's been shut down, but <laughs> it had a. <laughs> the, what, what is it? Um, the uh, the Toad Bears room. <laughs> the the Toad <laughs> It was had a less than reputable. Um... Yeah, I I went for a th- my first date as a as a small child to the Toad Bears room. Basically, wow. and you survived to tell the tale. Good I did, you, but guys. I didn't get a second date, so it wasn't a great. Choice. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. A lot of nerves, I think, but you know they're a nice vibe, and I, I agree with what Daphne says. I think you know, that that kind of glut of information that you're kind of chomping at the bit to get is pretty pretty good stuff. Um, I find it odd that Nas hasn't seen Casablanca. Um, it's a classic. They're both into art house cinema. Um. I mean, Casablanca is not art house, but it's it's classic Hollywood. Just find it odd he's not seen it personally. Um, I find it odd that he doesn't know the end of it because I feel that even if you haven't seen Casablanca, mm. it gets referenced in pop culture and generally on TV films so much all the time that everyone generally kind of knows the ending of it, even if and you you have a general idea of what it's about, even without knowing the specifics, regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think so. Um, and they've got a decent grasp on popular culture, by which I mean, you know, popular culture in its broadest sense, um, which Casablanca certainly is, is constituted. Um, Niles gets annoyed. Sorry, what are you going to say? I was going to say, are you of Martin's opinion that sod the Nazis, they can do what they want? You're not leaving Ingrid Bergman. 
Uh, um, am I? Am I? Shall we let the Nazis commit genocide to get my leg over with Ingrid Bergman? Um, I'm afraid. Well, that's Martin's I'm, view in this episode. I'm, afraid I'm not on Martin's side here. I have to. I have to say, um, in the interests of you know world peace. Um, I mean, Niles gets annoyed at spoilers here from Daphne. And like, again, like, like she was getting really pissed with him earlier in the kitchen. He gets really annoyed at her here, which yeah. I think kind of goes under the radar. How are you with spoilers, Key? Are you someone who just flips out if something's sports to you? Or are you pretty happy-go-lucky and you're like, oh, I'll watch it anyway? Or... Yeah, I'll probably watch it anyway. I mean, there's, there's very few things, to be honest, generally, where I'm like, oh my God, you can't tell me. I can't know. Um, I... Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a big something I really, really wanted to watch spoiled for me. Mm. I I've done it to other people by mistake, and that's easily done though. If you're not doing it maliciously, it's it's a tough one. And, and particularly when Game of Thrones was coming towards the end and everyone was watching it. Oh, I'm not going to say anything about anything I, at I, all. I know all about Game of Thrones, so you can spoil away for me, um, listeners. Spoilers alert. <laughs> no, no, I just um. So you can yeah, say it. I, I felt like I had to watch it because I think it came out on like it would come out on a Sunday night in America and I'd always watch on like the Monday because mm-hmm. I knew that I couldn't go more than a couple of days without getting some kind of spoiler. So I needed to watch it fairly promptly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I saw Shan once. I was like, oh my God, could you believe X happened? And she looks at me, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I, no. I, um, I bought her a, a giant cookie to make up for it. With, that's a, that's and, a good move. That's and it was personalised with, I'm sorry I spoiled Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's yeah. very classic. Very <laughs> classic. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones is a weird one, I think, because it was like the biggest pop culture phenomenon on Earth when it was on. And now no one talks about it. Basically, no one watches it anymore. Um, the ending was pretty widely decried as yeah, the, rubbish. The last season, I think, was pretty poor. I mean, yeah. It, all you hear about it, honestly, it seems that every six months there's a little news article going, oh, they're going to make another Game of Thrones spin-off. So or many have been commissioned. And then nothing really ever seems to happen. And but... I just like, want to grab George R.R. R. Martin, the author, and say, just stop all this shit and finish your goddamn series. Right. It's have been you read ten... the books? Yeah, it's been yeah. 10 years it's since genuinely the last book. I don't care if we never get another TV series. Just finish the damn book. I, honestly, I don't know if he ever will, because just get on with it at he this He clearly <laughs> does not know how to finish the series, because it's that big. Yeah, um, stalling he, for time he, a little bit. He, he will. He will never finish it. He he can't. He he's lost it now. Um, and that's why he's getting involved in all these other plots. It's like compensation. Do you I reckon mean, it'll I, end up like? Is it the Wheel of Time series where the author died halfway through and yeah, someone else came? Brandon in to finish Sanderson it? finished it, and Brandon Sanderson's a pretty good fantasy author. Um, so I'd be I'd be very happy for. He's got some issues. Um, you know, but I'd be I'd be happy for him to do that. He 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 would lose a lot of the gritty realism that Grand Thrones has, and Sanderson's very clean cut fantasy. Like his characters never have sex, and you know, George R. R. Martin's always describing people shitting on the toilet and then getting <laughs> killed while they're shitting, and you know that yeah. would be lost. But you know, yeah. But, I mean, because they've commissioned the Wheel of Time TV series, haven't they? they? That comes out later this year. I think I saw that. Yeah, I mean, I really yeah. need to get round to reading them, but I, don't I, know I feel going. I need to read it because I. They're meant to get so sloggy, though, in the middle. It's such a long series. I think it's like 14, 15 books, something like like that. And like literally five books or so, people are like, it's just 800 pages of like, you know, world building. I mean, it's a huge commitment, basically. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, so that was spoilers. Um, yeah, are we, what's this episode about again? What are we uh, doing? Donna, Donna, <laughs> Donna is enjoying Donna, Casa, oh, Donna. lovely Donna, the she wolf herself. She's enjoying Casablanca with the family. Um, 
awkwardness here now with Kate and Donna at the door. Fraser, like, you know, oh, are we, this are we woman skipped, means nothing to me. Are we skipped a bit where Fraser goes to Kate's apartment? Sugar me. I think I might have, yeah. <laughs> So he goes to the apartment and then who's, what's his name? What's the guy? Tony, is it? Tony! Tony's Tony. nothing to me, okay? Tony's there getting a little, getting a little afternoon delight before Kate takes the red <laughs> eye. Is that what's happening here, Tony? Is that what it's about? Uh, um, possibly, yeah. I think that's what he's doing. Um, but yeah, Frasier awkwardness retreats to be at one with his humiliation. Do you think they were just building a wicker basket together? Is that what oh, they were doing? They were having quite the church picnic back there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Frasier leaves, goes back to the apartment. Donna is there watching Casablanca with them. Utterly bizarre that she's It's so around. weird that she stays. It's so just... strange. And then like Daphne offering to keep to, you know, to stay after the really awkward encounter at the door between the two of them. It's... I feel sorry for Donna. Um, I'm also just going to go out on a limb here and not mean to be offensive in any way, but again, doesn't seem like a conventional match for Frasier. Um, she's a perfectly fine woman, but Frasier seems to be interested in kind of, I don't know, women that are more attractive than him in an objective sense. And I would not say Donna is more attractive than Frasier. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah, I understand what you mean. And she's such a weird character in that you learn nothing about oh. her at all. Like We know they met at the accountants, but is she an accountant? Was she just a customer? Is she just some random woman? I don't. Who is Donna? Like, oh, wait, no, we do. Actually, no, we do. Actually, she's an art director or a park director. It's one or the other. <laughs> one or the other. Pretty, pretty, pretty broad there. Forget everything I just said. Uh, <laughs> she was clearly very forgettable in my mm. mind. Yeah, I mean... What did she expect when she left the apartment one second after Frasier and he's waiting for the elevator? I mean, Donna, you came to this apartment. You know it's an elevator-operated hallway. You've got to get yourself to blame here. You would think that she... I just, just sit, stagger I'm, your leave? Yeah, I'd just be like turning around to your zone. Look, I'm going to leave. I'm just going to wait for him to go. What did we all see of Casablanca? Did we like it? Uh... Let's break it down. <laughs> Um, we're now at the apartment, uh, at the airport, I should say, not the apartment, because Frasier's, uh, he's gone to chase, he's gone to chase Kate. I like airports generally for settings in film and TV. I think they work quite well. Frasier goes to a few in the, in the show. Um, I'm trying to think of the episode. I don't know if it's Odd Man Out or the one where he goes to pick up that woman at the airport when she's married. I can't remember the episode. Um, not that far away from where we are now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, Wings Wings gets talked about a lot, the TV show. I don't know if you ever watched it. It's set at like a rural, or neither have I. It's set at like a rural airfield and it has a few famous people in it that went on to big things. Obviously, is set in the same universe as Frasier and Shears in quote marks. And there's, there's you know, the cameos from from Kelsey and, and B.B. Newarth and stuff. Um, right, so obviously, airports like, work here. I think first episode of Seinfeld, was there was an airport scene in that. They, he, Jerry goes to pick up a, a woman and it again turns out that she's married. Yes. Or she's engaged, I think. She might not be married. There you go. Um, And Friends has a lot of airport scenes. Um, Just, yeah, just seems to be a a big thing. And I guess they're useful places because they're often used in the context they used here where departures are happening. People are leaving. Can they get there in time? This is kind of subverting that a little bit, which I quite like because it's ultimately instead of having the romantic oh don't get on the plane it's actually go go get on on the plane. Um, You know, please. Um, Why is Kate carrying her cat? That would have been should, checked should, in with the with the stowage with the bags. Pets are put into the undercarriage. You know what Louis like. Louis can't bear to be apart from her. All you right. cannot effing bring a cat on a on a plane there's, in the passenger section. Oh, there's so many problems with this thing. One, Kate 
like her personality is all wrong. It goes against completely the dominant, authoritative, boss-like figure that we've had all the way up to this season. Which, admittedly, I wasn't keen on her character, but at least be consistent and stick to it. Don't yeah, at least just we do knew a, where we stood with her a little A bit. complete change. She she reminds me in this scene a little bit of when after she's been bitten by the, uh, the lizard, the lizard, and she's got all, she's on the drugs mm. and. I, yeah, she's I fully, just deranged. I, I kept thinking she was going to say, oh, I took like a Xanax because I'm nervous of flying or something like that. And that would have explained it. And instead, it's just, it's, I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just a really weird scene. I just, it's a really strange... I, I mean, I do like the line when when um, she comes back and the, the, the flight's been delayed. And Fraser goes, the minute that door closed, I started praying for something bad to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Um, yeah, I, I just think I completely agree with what you just said. Um, there's some funny moments here, like the Arctic Silver BMW and things like that. Um, you know, do you ever jog? Um, you know, <laughs> once. Um, and I just think Fraser is doing what I do here in terms of like idealizing relationships and things and seeing things that maybe aren't there and just, you know, being just a bit naive and not realistic about what it takes to have a relationship with someone. You know what I mean? I think it's very easy to do this. Um, you're kind of, you, you're projecting onto the other person what you think it should look like. Um, and ultimately the more they do that, the more this kind of just refracts and, and falls apart. Um, so I think, you know, in some ways there is a bit of a, a heaviness to this episode. It is important in developing Frasier's love life as this, because ultimately that's what the 11 seasons are about, you know, fundamentally so uh, there is good evolution for his character here even though this is a pretty forgettable ep and does bring to an end one of the lesser arcs in the early season so um yeah. I mean, one of the things I like, I mean, the other really good line, I mean, I do like the fact that Fraser is ready to kill off her cat immediately. <laughs> I heard they're very humane. <laughs> <laughs> you had an allergy shot, dude. <laughs> um, and I really like as well that we do get an idea of what Fraser actually wants from our relationship and the future. Because while this isn't really, a, I wouldn't say a meaningful relationship, in the sense that it's not, it's not really got longevity and they've never actually properly dated or anything. Mm. They do have like these heavy discussions of, well, do you want kids? What do you see your future being? Yeah, they do really set the world to rights there. You know, we see that Frasier does want more kids. Yeah, and, and Kate's a nice concession. Kate likes kids. She just doesn't see herself mothering. mothering. <laughs> mothering. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right in the sense of it does give us an insight as to what Frasier is actually looking for in a relationship. He wants someone very cultured and sophisticated, but he wants someone who's also willing to settle down, have kids, and, and do that whole thing. Um, yeah. Whereas, and again, but the problem is with this is that I just don't buy into Kate's at all. Like, she's this really high-powered career woman, but but she actually wants is a ranch, but she's never mentioned it up to this point at all. In any riding way. horses around, I mean, where the f has that come from, Kate? Okay, just... um, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, what Frasier outlines here is ultimately, I think, what all of us want in some way, but it's idealistic. You know, there's very room. There's very little room for compromise in Fraser's vision of the the woman he's going to set settle down with. I think, and he learns to compromise as the show goes on. Um, but yeah, I know what he describes. I'm like, yeah, I'm with you, Fraser. If I was your age and I was single, I'd want that. Um, you know, so I empathise here. It's just hard when the subject of what he's saying is Kate, and she's saying shit like, "I want to ride a horse around in a Kermit the Frog voice," and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I don't buy this, Kate. You know, yeah. so yeah. She makes a, um, a reference to the cat, like they're going to think he's a bomb if I put him any closer. That's right. a good line. Yeah. That's a great well, line. It also seems really f- specific pre-9-11 to make a bomb joke in an airport. 
Yeah, yeah I, it's weird that she can say the word bomb and, and no one's flipping out at all. It's, it's like, um... it's like, yeah, it, it's literally like, you know, how a religious, a very religious person feels about taking the Lord's name in vain. I feel like a normal person saying the word bomb out loud in an airport is like just the one thing you don't do. Yeah. Um, it's the one written rule of those places. So, yeah, and I just think, I just think in a, in a pre 9 11 context, you know, obviously so much changed airport wise after 9 11. Um, it's just an interesting joke. I think it's quite like on the nose. Um, and yeah, it gets a laugh from me. Um, Kate being taken away on the little mobile thing. I don't know what they're called or baggage handlers or something. Um, quite funny just yeah. seeing her go away on one of them. And I just like Fraser's point of um, he's just going to sit on the back of it. <laughs> go, go. It's going to go a lot faster without you on it, mate. Just leave. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what's the weight capacity of those things? We know Fraser has a humongous <laughs> ass, but <laughs> Fraser does really seem to be weighing it down. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's that humongous ass of yours. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I feel a bit feel a bit bad for Fraser there, um, but ultimately, Kate departs um yeah. does she leave the cat with fraser here she she does by mistake i really feel they should have done fraser walking out the airport to the tune of louis 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 mm, nice. whoa, whoa. Um, honestly nice it's like um, having joe keenan on the pod <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think we ever see louis again so i assume he gets sent over to kate in chicago i think he's humanely destroyed um <laughs> I, I think that's what happens fraser's but... killing him instantly <laughs> um but I, I, to be honest, I'd have given best actor pick to Louis. He, I think he does a great role. He still the owls. show. Um, Is it actually a cat in that box? Do we ever see movement in um, there? We never see movement. We mm. do hear a meow. So. Yeah, maybe it's a tiny little microphone little, in there. Little friend Freddy, I'm sure. <laughs> very well. What kind of dork wants that? Um, so the, you can say. As you said, the post credit scene. Yeah, tell us, tell us what it is. Um, so. They're all falling asleep watching the film, so it's clearly not that great a film. Mm. Um, and Miles wakes up, Daphne on him, and can't get to his wine glass. I, it's a bit weird in the sense that you would feel that Niles there'll be more of a reaction of Daphne being so close to him. Yeah, it's yeah. quite muted from him. But he clearly but, he wants the wine as much at, as he at wants her. The same time, that's literally like every morning of my life. I wake up, I want to get something like. Okay, we need to roll. I need to roll. T- tuck to- and roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I like the fact that he's trying to get it with his foot and he knocks it off. It's a nice little post cred scene. But yeah, I get, I get, I get it. This is like the most intimate they've ever been, and you feel like you'd get a bit more of a reaction, but they can't in post creds. I guess um, so. Interesting to end with that at all. I should yeah. say. Um, is this in your top ten key? Don't really think i need to ask this i think it's flying into number one mate it's, <laughs> no it, it's not in my top 10 it's not in mine either um not terrible there are worse eps in this season i think um what next week yeah namely <laughs> next week's um, um it, it's yeah. like it's not bad it's just not a lot really happens there's no real character consistency there's no, the b plot's not great it is like it's it's pretty much yeah there's a if little, you could call it a b plot it's I quite mean. forgettable and that's it's not bad. It's just very forgettable, and that's really probably worse than it being bad. To be I think I think it's very forgettable actually. Like as a, as a Fraser rep goes, it just doesn't feel very tight. There's not much plot that I could recall the, to you. The only thing I remember about this entire episode is them at the airport. Likewise, like, exactly the same. In six weeks, I remember Louis and the bomb. And that'll be about it. And that sounds like a 60s rock band. Louis Louis and the the Bar. bar. (laughs) Love that. 
all, all of Casablanca, all of KCL, none of that stuck for me. All the fantasies, forgot all about that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, actor pick, who have you gone for? Um, it, it's a tough pick because I don't necessarily want to give it to anyone. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose I'm going to give it to Frasier because I don't really know who else to give it to, but I don't think there was a standout acting performance in this, this episode at all, to be mm. honest with you, is, is my view. I completely agree, but I've also gone with Frasier. Um, I think it's pretty, pretty tough here. Um, I do find in the episodes that we struggle with, Frasier is the the default, um, which is yeah. why a lot of the a lot of them are going to be skewed. I think yeah. towards him by and the I end. I think it's but... just because he's in it and no one else really, because there's such a lack of a B plot. Yeah, you, I mean, you could give it to Niles or, or Martin, but they don't really have a really funny line, and they're in it so little is that it's really hard. I think to justify. It and then simply Fraser gets it by virtue of minutes on screen, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Um, Kendy Burling, I'm out on the ground key. What does he make of departures? And is his BMW Arctic Silver? Everything is Arctic Silver for Kennedy. And, <laughs> and let me tell you, the plane departs when Kennedy says it departs. That, <laughs> when he why, chooses to pilot. That's why, yes. <laughs> that's why he was um, he was too busy in the airport bar and that's why the flight to Chicago got delayed because Kennedy wasn't ready to leave just yet. He was, he was too K-Lied, the pilot there. <laughs> Bit of West Midlands slang for American listeners about getting drunk there. Um, is it true that the suits he wears are also Arctic Silver? Oh, they are. Oh, they are. Unbelievable. (laughs) Thank you. He's the only man who can rock that look. (laughs) Everything is Arctic Silver. The suit, the shirt, the tie, the socks, the shoes. Honestly. He is is invisible if he's traveling in wintry conditions. In a snowstorm, you can't even see him. You can't even see him coming. He's the the origin of the Jack Frost story, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. All that remains is to play it. Who's great is it anyway? Who says dry and impersonal? I think you might get this. Dry and impersonal. Dry and impersonal. Little oh, one-two punch. Um, I have a feeling. My instincts say it's Frasier because it's no. I don't know anyone else who speaks. Um, I have a fe- Is it when he's talking to Kate and he's like, "Oh, lately everything we've, we've been talking about is so dry and impersonal." But I really want to get to know you, Kate. You. What's your cat like? Is Louie nice? Was he? Is he the inspiration for the song Louie Louie? What, what's going on, Kate? What's What's going on with you? Is um, that what you're going to go with? Yeah, I'm going to say Frasier says it to Kate, and it's like maybe when he shows up at the apartment, saying like everything lately has been so dry and impersonal. But I want to, mm-hmm. I want to know this is how I feel. I'm putting it out there, so that's what I'm going to say. I'm afraid. Yeah. You're spot on. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. He, he says it, I think, when they're in the KCL elevator. Um, oh, okay. When he's kind of reflecting on how their relationship's been a bit weird in the last few weeks, um, just before she, or after she announces her her new job. Um, well played, Key. Well played. It's a point for you. Uh, all that remains, jump over to listener mail. Are you ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, thank you everyone that wrote in for Listener Mar this week. Um, there's not too many from what we can see, so we should be able to get to all of these. Argle, goggle, Google Goop, but hey, well and key, thanks for this week's episode, and sorry for the long post ahead. Will was quite surprised that you've heard Martha's line as no crane with a K for all these years, though I definitely get your point about how we rationalise uh, lines that we miss here. Thought you had quite a novel and plausible interpretation of how crane with a cane could work, even if crane with a cane makes much more sense. Thank you. Key didn't think so quite it, as much. Let's be absolutely clear, right? 
I go, I go, go, go. He's just being nice to you here. Okay. Wow. The next bit is even in my honest opinion, Graham with a K makes much more sense. You know what, Kay? You are offending a lot of listeners this week. You've said a lot of <laughs> controversial things. Um, <laughs> totally agree with your pick of DHP as actor of the week. As always, he aced what he had to work with, and his part was the meatiest this ep. In fact, this and Moondance were his two episode submissions for his Emmy nom that year. Frazier's Freudian slip line was also my fave, though echoed a lot Nas's line from last season about his stale, albeit comfortable, Maris. Very true, actually. The brothers have both have done the same thing there. Speaking of the growing Crane Boys relationship, I wonder if it was a more a continuity issue or a deliberate move on the writer's part to have them hug so freely after episode one. Nas responds to Frazier's voice, voiced urge to hug him by quoting their mother, a handshake is as good as a hug. Um, again, I think that must just be like they were feeling out the characters at that point because they hug a lot. I think, um, as the show goes, yeah. On. I, for me, I would, I, I would say that it's a very deliberate move to show the the development of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Is first episode they were, you know, handshake is as good as a hug. Whereas now they are, you know, like brothers hugging much, much closer. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. Um, they continue. Lastly, regarding the minivan, I think the joke had to do more of the neighborhood being so exclusive and full of rich, wealthy people that a soccer mom slash family friendly vehicle like a minivan would seem out of place, even if minivans themselves are hardly the cheapest vehicles around. I find it rather implausible that Nars seems wholly unfamiliar with what a minivan is, given how ubiquitous they are on American roads, kind of like how he didn't know what a hatchback was in another episode. Looking forward to your Fraser Grinch recap next week, even if, even if it will be an April first line that comes to mind. The cranes of Maine have got your living brain. And it's not hard to say goodbye <laughs> to Kate Costas. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, God, what there. a line. What a way to end. Um, next up, I think we have Sydney Aspasca, who says, mm. uh, Will is correct. The sound of a Back to the Future musical excites me greatly. A huge fan of the films. As always, a brilliantly executed podcast. Well done on the trivia questions. There you go, Key. You need to score some tickets for Mr. Aspasca. I will That's do what I can. Emmanuel Seller writes, Great ep, guys. This episode really showcases DHP and his acting prowess. He really shows all sides of Nars' personality and sets up the character for some impressive growth that's coming down the line. So funny when Will started talking to himself about the fluffy, indiscernible thing that landed on my bed. Uh, cereals, Oreo O's are my favourite. I used to have them when I was a kid. Then they were discontinued. So for a chunk of my young adult life, all I had was the memory. Then a few years ago, they were put back into production and now I buy them all the time. I love that. I love the fact that it's something from childhood was taken from them and then it came back. I've um, got so many things on my wish list for that to happen. Really? Yeah. What would be kind of number one? Oh, well, Mars Delight. Is it Mars Delight? Um, do you remember there was like Mars, but it was like a little bit of wafer in between... Was it Mars? Are you thinking of Milky Way Crispy Rolls? No, no, I'm definitely the, not. Well, Milky Way Crispy Rolls are exactly that. They're like uh, they're like Milky Ways, but they have the crispy wafer in them, and they're unreal. But I think you can still buy them. I'm sure. Remember, didn't you used to love Dreams? I do love Dreams. Oh, I, I always dreams associate Dreams with you. Dreams, if if you didn't have them in the US, listeners, I think you might still have them. Actually, it's a white chocolate dairy milk, basically. Oh, if if I could get my hand on some, yeah, Mars Delight and Dreams—they're the two I really want back. Mm-hmm. Mars Delight, it was, yeah, it was like a, it was an outside, but on the inside, it was more wafery. Outside chocolate, inside wafery. It was honestly, I've got if to you Google this beast, I mean, someone sold. Um, Mars Delight that they just had in their kitchen 11 years after it it went past its sell-by date for 50 quid. That's how... I... Oh my God! Yeah, that is that yeah. is basically their take on a Milky Way crispy roll. 
Um, I'm telling you, Mars Delight was phenomenal. Google Milky Way Crispy Roll, and you'll know what I mean if you've never had these. Because you can buy these still, and it, it would it would it would scratch the itch you've got. Oh, okay. Um, they're really good. Um, they they're almost exactly the same looking thing. Um, oh, look at them, man! Look at those. They do look quite similar. Well, you can get them from Ricardo, cheap as hell. Pretty decent. Okay. okay. Oh, I love Milky Stars as well. Magic Stars. Oh, Mil- oh they were so good. Really good. Like, oh, really yeah. good. But one, one bag was never... You need more. You, you know, just... They were tiny. Oh. Okay. okay. So back to the podcast. Sorry, um... I'm salivating. <laughs> okay. Mystery of Night. Another gem. I don't do a lot of cereals anymore, but Peanut Butter Captain Crunch was a favourite. Mm. But honestly, my taste would change each trip to the cereal aisle. Also a big fan of Frosted Mini Wheat. Um, also between the bug incidents and when Pil- Will's power went out I think I know the next project for you two after Fraser is finished Finding the Will, a real time footage series documenting the trials of podcasting in a Birmingham abode, narrated by Key Wow I mean, I would also listen to every episode I, I, I just think... love that, to be honest yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm not needed here <laughs> <laughs> um, Trivia and fun bits for um, It's hard to say goodbye if you won't leave I don't buy for a minute that Nas needs to learn to cook for himself, given what we will see throughout the show. There you yeah, go, man. Simpatico again. On. It's very, very much, isn't it? They, it the, I don't think there's a lot of character consistency for pretty much any character in this episode. It's a really yeah. strange one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and spoiler alert, but um, Kate, Kate is going to Chicago, which is also where Frasier ends up chasing Charlotte. So maybe he decided to go there knowing he, because he knew he's got to have possibilities. Um, it's Cassandra and Faye all over again. Like that's, I mean, that, that did spring to mind actually for me when, when she said Chicago, mm. it, it was a little bit of a call to the end of the show for me a little bit. I completely forgot. And actually so that's a great point. And I just think Faye used the word jejun last night. <laughs> I just, I can't wait till we get to Cassandra and Faye. Um, Thank you for that, uh, Corey. Reckler puts, speaking of Cocoa Pops, did you see the white chocolate and strawberry versions? I've seen these. Have you seen these before? No, but I want them. Are they any good? I, I, I never bought them, but the white chocolate ones just look like the sugariest, sickliest thing. Um, but, I mean, that is Cocoa Pops in a nutshell, right? Have you seen Twix white chocolate now? Oh, my God. I mean, who willingly buys a Twix? I mean, that's, that's a Twix white chocolate Easter oh egg right Oh, my now. God. Look at that. I mean, <laughs> who goes to a shop and buys a Twix? I just what's wrong with Twix? They're they're the, they're they're a, they're a, a snack, you know, a candy, whatever that you eat. Yeah. When you're just given one, or you find one in a cupboard, you <laughs> when when you have an option, when you have you know options, you never ever buy one of those. Okay, you're just... you're buying a singular bar of chocolate at the shop. What this question's going to be very easy for me. Dairy um, milk, right? Dairy milk, probably normal dairy milk would be number one. Yeah. Then it'd probably be a double decker or a toffee crisp. Oh, that's interesting. Um, probably See, one of those. I double really, decker's very filling. There's way there's a lot to them compared to I, a normal chocolate bar. I really like double deckers, but but I think part of the reason I like it is that I underrate it a lot. Mm. I, I go to the show and I'm like, oh no, I'm not, I don't feel like a double decker. That's no, I don't want that. They are heavy. But, but then when I have one, I'm like, what was I thinking? I love a double decker. <laughs> this, this is but so good. When my mum was in school, her she he was in a group and their their nickname was the Double Decker Gang. 
Why? I, I, think, <laughs> I think they all like double deckers. Oh my god! You, I mean, you will be well. You, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast before. We reminisce in our group of friends because we chat most nights on the computer. We we're literally talking about this last night about how you used to have so many chocolate bars at school. <laughs> and how we would, we'd Honestly, write... is this on your weekly agenda? Because it comes up a lot. Honestly, I don't know. Have we actually gone into detail of this on the podcast? I, I don't we... think so. Oh, I feel like we must have. Basically, listeners, Key would bring anything from five <laughs> to ten full-size chocolate bars in his lunchbox to score. And I, he's come out at break, and I would just dive on him to get to get at the chocolate bars. And then when people got wind of what I was doing, loads of people <laughs> would just swarm Key when he came out, when he came out at break just to get a chocolate bar um and it was it was awful and it, we were like vultures and you know <laughs> the, the worst thing is Kay's mom clearly thought he was eating them all so she just keep putting more in <laughs> um i just think remember as well years obviously you didn't go to six form with us and we saw you a few years down the line for a curry and you had the same coat on and you just pulled out of your <laughs> pocket so many chocolate bars in the coat as well you were like some kind of drug dealer for Willy Wonka. Honestly, Wong. I'm like your Willy Wonka drug dealer, basically. But honestly, the memories of you coming out at break and about 10 people grabbing <laughs> your bag, it is just, it warms my heart to this day. I don't even know what chocolates are in now because I never had any of them. Honestly, I've got no idea. God bless the band and God bless <laughs> Kieran Leo. Um, Reclia continues, makes sense to do the revival after season 11. Even if you don't cover the revival due to disliking it, I'd still love to hear your opinions on Reddit or something. I'm sure we'll, we'll have our opinions recorded in some capacity. Not sure how we'll go about it yet, but I mean, it would be silly for us not to. It's hard to say goodbye if you won't leave. By this point, I'd really warmed up to Kate, and I admit it was heartbreaking to see they had little in common, thus forcing themselves to break up for good. I really felt for Frasier here. I, I agree with the latter point. I did feel for Frasier a little bit. Can't say I share warming up to Kate sadly um, but everyone is making me of... seem like an unfeeling monster like everyone well, else you is are. warming up <laughs> and everyone's experiencing these human emotions and I'm just sat there like Spock like what, what the hell are you all doing <laughs> what, what's going on here I do, I do love the difference of opinion though I think this is, this is why it's interesting to have people writing in so thank you Reclia. Uh next up we've got Cam Winston uh, lads hope you're well on the other side of the world um, you were talking about your favourite cereal and what was tasty. I too enjoy the Cocoa Pops, but also here in New Zealand, we have a cereal called Nutrigrain, mm. uh, which is a high energy, a high protein energy breakfast. Also, Mini Wheat, which is a ravioli style wheat parcel with fruit in the middle. What a lovely description. I love, honestly, that. God, I mean, he could work for a cereal company. I'm I'm never going to get a tattoo, but if I got a tattoo, that would probably be that sentence. <laughs> That's just a really strong sentence. Wow. Um, very good with warm milk. Um, anyway, other stuff. Um, Will, I, I have to say, I was very surprised you didn't know it was Crane with a cane. You and me both, brother. You and me both. <laughs> um, also, yes, my favourite line in the last time was, well, I've lost all credibility. Yeah. Um, but not just that line. It was the whole speech before that. Um, Frazier says, um, culminating with the use of the word Lilith. Um, it's hard to say goodbye. It's probably one of my least favourite episodes, to be honest. Mm. And I won't lie, I won't miss Kate. Um, maybe we should rename the, the episode the last time I saw Kate. Nice. See what I did there? Um, uh, right. Anyway, get ready, lads, because coming up next is Squeaky Bob. Oh, mother of God. Peace, lads, and as always, up the villa.
and the Villa are playing in two and a half hours. So um, we will very much need that. Thank you, Hamish. Uh, that is everyone for this week. So thank you, everyone who, who wrote in, phoned in, as we say. Um, please keep it coming. Next week, as people have said, it is season three, episode 11, The Friend, where Frasier befriends Bob, um, the barbecue-loving, beret-wearing, scary, scary man. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to be a downer but it's not a great episode we will do our very best to make it entertaining for you to listen to but i'll be honest it's probably in the bottom pile of fraser episodes of me yeah very much so and, and just before we, we wrap up i was i saw my uh, my brother this week because mm. we can finally meet people outdoors outside again now mm-hmm. uh and he told me that he said he said that he asked me for a shout out on this podcast and I apparently have not delivered. What the hell? I, I thought you gave him one. I, I thought I'd given him one. I said, Well, have you listened to all the episodes? He went, No, I'm about a season behind. Well, pretty sure that's the reason. Stay, stay, stay. Um, but just for completeness sake, a shout out to my brother. So there you God go, mate. Day. Hope hope you're enjoying it. I hope he's still drafting little fixtures for us to play after a sleepover in the <laughs> oh, garden. It's, it's all he does on a Friday night now. He's, <laughs> he's loving it. I love that. Um, excellent. Well, thank you for that, Key. That's a nice way to end. Um, other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, man. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.